0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. What is up, guys? My name is Jake Azuski. You can call me Jake Iggy or Iggy for short. And this is Iggy's Sports Talk. I really appreciate you guys tuning into this series so far. I am so excited to get the privilege to be able to break down each division for you guys. Don't forget... Go over and subscribe to my counterpart, Robbie Hyde. Him and I are working very hard to make these videos as analytical and informative as possible. So go search in Robbie Hyde into the search bar, subscribe to him. Also, don't forget to go down and subscribe to Iggy's Sports Talk. I'm going to be posting a lot of new videos to get you ready for the MLB 2020 season. Also, don't forget to give me a big thumbs up. I would really appreciate it. So... Let's go and hear Robbie and I's preview of the NL East. And this is a really exciting division, especially when we're going to be starting off with a team like the Atlanta Braves, who made a very surprising signing of Yasiel Puig yesterday. But they're a team who in 2019 won 97 games, and I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. What do you think, Robbie?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, for me personally, uh, they are definitely top to bottom very good. Uh, they made some pretty decent moves This past offseason uh, Like you just mentioned They brought in Puig uh, They brought in uh, Darnold um, Yeah And and just with already the talent that they had uh, I mean On both sides Pitching, offense I mean, goodness gracious The offense Top to bottom I mean, so so many young guys But goodness They're already like just doing so much as it is. I mean, the obvious one, Ronald Acuna Jr., almost a 40-40 guy last year. He's, what, 23 or something like 22. Uh, Ozzie Albies, he's like a little monster. Like, he hits for power, hits for average, gets on pace, plays a very good short. Uh, Danzy, Swansman, uh, Danzy Swansman is a guy that's really showing some improvements uh, each year. Uh, Freddie Freeman's still there. Uh, out right now, I believe, with COVID. Um, But it's still Freddie Freeman. Uh, Very just good pieces all around. Then you get get a guy like Puig, who, I mean, he'll be serviceable in in right field or just at DH. A decent year last year. Not, you know, not one of his best years, but he was fine. Uh, Hit around 20 homers last year. Drove in some runs with the Indians. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's definitely just a lot of good pieces. Uh, with this lineup. Pitching-wise, you you got Soroka. You got Freed. Soroka's coming off a great year. Um, You have Freed. Very good year as well. Uh, Bullpen. Added Will Smith uh, into that bullpen. Uh, Just a lot of good pieces. Oh, I left out Hamels. Sorry. Yeah, Hamels. uh, I mean, very good veteran pitcher. I mean, yeah. Just a lot to like about this Braves team.
1: I completely agree, and when you look at the Dakota uh, standing predictions, they are slated to win 30 games and lose 29, and I think that's a, li- a little bit off in my opinion. I think that they're, like I said, going to be one of the best teams in the league, especially with a lot of these guys looking to improve after breakout rookie seasons and some of them are only in their second year but they're looking like that they're veteran players like you said Ronald Acuna Jr. almost put up a 40-40 season and especially with like the starting pitching you know you got young guys like Sean Newcomb, Kyle Wright, uh, Mac Soroka, like you said but when you look at the farm system they still got some premier pitching prospects still coming up and they could use those guys as bullpen guys too. And it's something where you look at a team like the Braves who have been rebuilding for these four years and you can't compare it to what the Chicago Cubs and the Astros were able to do, you know, four or five some odd years ago and be able to win the world series. I think that the Braves did a perfect job and they're going to be up in that caliber that the Astros and the Cubs were with really young, controllable guys. And what you see what they were able to do with Albies and Acuna this past year, be able to lock them up. And one guy that is looking to break out that everybody forgets about and is a guy who was drafted number one, Dansby Swanson. He's a guy who's looking to get his bat rolling. He's a great fielder. But when you look at his bat, hasn't really been as good as, as expected. But this Braves team, in my opinion, that's why we're talking about them first, is going to be the best team in the NL East. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, you know, losing Donaldson uh, was a pretty decent hit there. Um, I think they're going to be able to plug in some guys. Like I said, they brought in Puig. They brought in – they also brought in Ozuna. Um, he was pretty decent last year at the Cardinals. Um, they're not going to be able to replace Donaldson with one guy, but I think they're going to be able to get it from – a couple of different guys. Um, But yeah, there is a lot to like. I didn't even mention uh, Melanston in the bullpen. Uh, Yeah, there's there's a lot to like with this team. It's just a very solid team, a good mix of veterans, a good mix of youth, uh, guys that can pitch, guys that can hit. I mean, there's really not a lot to hate on with this team. Uh, I do wonder if Soroka can – can build off of that year last year um I mean the only thing I'm gonna look out for is potentially like a sophomore slump kind of a year uh how's Freed gonna do how will Hamels be able to stay healthy that's kind of the only thing I would maybe if I'm gonna nitpick is you know that pitching the starting pitching um yeah so I mean lots of luck with this Braves team
1: I completely agree, and, you know, it's going to be really tough for the defending World Series champion Washington Nationals to be able to get up to the caliber that the Braves are at, especially when they lost a guy like Anthony Rendon Anthony Rendon, excuse me, who was able to really help them be able to propel to the World Series and eventually win. But when you look at that rotation, that rotation is going to be one that is going to carry this team with topping with Max Scherzer, Steven Strasberger, and, and uh, Corbin is going to be looking to break out again after a nice season. And you also look at Anibal Sanchez did a great job last year. We'll see how he's going to be doing when he's starting to get into his later 30-year-old years. The bullpen's strong as well with Sean Doolittle, but something that is really kind of making me nervous is how Carter Keebroom will really be able to replace Anthony Rendon, and he's a guy who did well in AAA last year. He hit 3 of 3, hit 16 home runs, but – You see who they really replaced with some of the guys that they lost. And I think this is still going to be a good team because you got to remember, they also have Stalin Castro, who they picked up, Eric Thames, who I think is going to be very good. But with that offense, mostly Soto, Trey Turner, and Adam Eaton are mostly going to carry that offense, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm actually very high on the Nationals. I wasn't, like, heading into uh, the season as it was before everything got shut down. But my goodness, if there is one team that can benefit from this long layoff, absolutely it's the Nationals. Like, I mean, they probably got the biggest – out of any World Series winner, they probably got the biggest gift uh, of all time based off of – I mean, they, made a, they, they went as far as you could go uh, playoff-wise. It's game seven of the World Series. I mean, a lot of wear and tear, especially on guys like Scherzer, Strasburg, uh, Corbin. Uh, Sanchez, I mean, that pitching got a nice long layoff to kind of ease back into this year. It's Kind of what the Red Sox were actually trying to do last year, but that plan didn't really work out, but (laughs) they they didn't have three extra months to work with. Um, So, I am very high on the Nationals because of that rest, and yes, they lost Rendon, but they definitely brought in some guys. uh, Starlin Castro, who is very, very solid. Uh, he's not going to give you a, a level of an Anthony Rendon, but he's he can, get, he can give you anywhere 15 to maybe even 25 home runs. They brought in Eric Thames. Uh, yeah, as Dribble Cabrera, quietly drove in 91 runs last year. Um, Carter Kaiboom again, it, he's another guy that, I mean, I don't know if really he's going to be the same kind of thing like what Soto did after Harper left but I think he's a guy um, if they don't try to make him be the next guy, I think just let him kind of play his game and let him settle in. And I think he could be decent. Um, And that's, that's a guy with youth. And that's also good for a team coming off a world series. Uh, Youth will never hurt, especially a top prospect kind of youth. Um, the bullpen was actually shaky last year. Usually bullpens are a key ingredient for winning a world series, which they did have a good bullpen, uh, in the, in the playoffs, but they really only relied on like maybe three or four guys in that entire playoff. But now they brought on a guy like Will Harris, who's one of the best setup men in major league baseball for a few years. Now the guy was awesome last year. Yeah. He ended up kind of not doing so great in that world series, but, um, Goodness gracious, there's a lot to like still about this Nationals team. And because of this layoff, I am very high on them because they have gotten the rest. They have gotten the time to recoup, uh, especially for a guy like Strasburg, who's coming off uh, World Series MVP season. Uh, he pitched a lot of innings last year. He seems, you know, in recent years, he seems to kind of come down with something. Um, Scherzer last year was getting digged up a little bit uh still pitched 170 innings but uh yeah it wasn't that like that typical 200 inning mark that he usually gets to um, yeah i like the nationals this year i in, in a 60 game season with a long layoff back a couple months ago eh, i wasn't very sure but, but yeah now though i mean i think the game has changed
1: a little bit for for the nationals so yeah, the Pocota uh, projections actually agree with you very well because they they projected them to win 32 games, lose 27, and have a 59.6% chance of making the playoffs. And actually when Pocota stacked it up, the Nationals were ahead of the Braves, which I was very surprised about. And they actually put the Braves third uh, in, in their projections. And they're a team that I think will be really interesting to see. But I think with every team, it's really kind of an unknown how – they're going to perform over 60 games, and that's why this season is so exciting. And especially like a team like the New York Mets, who last season were even a surprise. A lot of people really surprised me as well. They won 86 games, lost 76. But at that All-Star break and close to where the trade deadline was, you were hearing a lot of people saying, so are we going to start to rebuild? Are you When are you trading Noah Syndergaard? And then you saw actually all these pieces come all together. With Ahmed Rosario, Jeff McNeil really broke out. Like a gay, guy like J.D. Davis came out of absolutely nowhere. And it's going to be really interesting to see how a guy like Steven Matz is going to be able to develop after a strong second half. When you look at the top of that rotation, a lot of people are getting very uh, uneasy about this rotation just because Syndergaard isn't there. But you got to remember, they got the best pitcher, in, in my opinion, the, uh, the NL – and Jacob DeGrom. And then you also got Marcus Strawman, who's going to be coming off a very good season. But now that he's a full New York player, I think he's going to have a lot more confidence because his confidence went way down with the Blue Jays, trading everybody, not winning really any games, as we talked about earlier. But the bullpen's a little bit iffy. That's one thing that's making me a little bit nervous. But one guy that's going to be really interesting to see how he plays a role, especially now that there's going to be a universal DH is Cespedes. It'll be really interesting to see coming off an, of an injury and how good Cespedes has been over this five-year stretch. What do you think, Robbie, he's going to be able to do for this mess game? Well, you know, that's another guy that has benefited from the layoff.
0: Um, I mean, he seems fully healthy. hes I'm looking on Twitter. He's making catches in the outfield behind his back, under his legs. Like, he seems like he's having fun. He seems like he's rejuvenated. Um, that's what you want to see. You want to see guys – you can tell if they're having fun out there, they're feeling good. So that's one guy who I think has potential for comeback player of the year. Absolutely no-brainer. But then when you – like you mentioned, you know, with the offense, you know, it's not – you know, it's not just this offense now, you know, Pete Alonzo and, you know, even Cano when he came over and was like, oh, my goodness, Robinson Cano. Um, but it's really when you look at a couple of these guys, J.D. Davis and Jeff McNeil, where these guys were very good at getting on base last year, they were productive. Um, And then Pete Alonso had that breakout year where, I mean, goodness, put all of this together and you have a recipe for, you know, especially with a cesspit coming back, uh, maybe even a a bit more out of Cano, uh, you know, Jed Lowry, who knows what he can do? He, he doesn't ever want to say what's going on with his, with his leg or whatever going on, but he, he, he could maybe provide something. Um, there's a lot to like about the offense, and there's a lot of potential with this offense.
1: I agree, and it's something where Pocota actually put them above the Washington Nationals, and they're winning 32 games and losing 27 in their projections and have a 55.8 chance of making the playoffs – And in my opinion, I think that they could actually battle hard from the start of the season for that second base spot with the Washington Nationals. I think that they're going to surprise a lot of people, but I don't really think that they're really going to set the world on fire. Yeah, I mean, they – one thing
0: that I really like, they had – man, if I could look at any team last year – if I were to, like, pick one point of the season, like, out of any season, out of any team, the Mets had a ton of energy at one point. It was like Mets fever, like, mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. in the summer. They were like the team of the summer, it felt like, and it just kind of came up short there in the end. But there, there is absolutely a chance for them to create some kind of magic this year, and I think they have some pieces now to where – well by default, it's a 60 game season, but they, you know, regular season, regular 162 game season. I think they added enough pieces to get them to that finish line a bit. Uh, one guy I didn't even mention before uh, with the offense, uh, Michael Conforto, he drove in close to hundred runs last year. He was very productive offensively. He was a three win player. Um, and then with the pitching, I mean, you got DeGrom, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be DeGrom. You got Stroman. Um, one signing. I mean, and I mentioned him earlier, uh, or at least in the uh, in our AL East video, Rick Porcello. Yeah, he was pretty bad last year, five point five something ERA. But I like that he gave you some innings. I like that, and I think the Mets could use something like that. I think a change of scenery will be good for him. I think it was just time for him to move on. Um, I don't think he's going to give you Rick Porcello 2016 kind of stuff. But I think he could be a guy somewhere for 4.3 ERA gives you some innings. Um, The one thing that was really the downfall of the Mets last year was the dumpster fire of a bullpen. It was absolutely garbage last year. It was, they brought in a guy like Edwin Diaz to be the shutdown closer and he was the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, he, but it was so crazy when you watched him because the stuff was there. there you, you're seeing this guy throw close to 100, but he was just getting tater tots hit off of him. And then you got a, you know, a guy like F- uh, Familia in there who was also struggling. Um, it did have a Seth Lugo who was, playing, who was pitching very well. Um, I think there is no way that bullpen can be as bad as it was last year. I think that is one thing, you know, they had the coaching staff working with something, you know, it was this bullpen. I'm I would I would imagine that they they cannot be that bad. That it was so bad and that was a downfall. If they actually had a bullpen last year, a guy that can shut down, you know, that ninth thing, I think that could have been a team you could have seen even win that division. Um, and absolutely get into a wild card. Uh Yeah. There's a lot to like about this Mets team. It's, it's going to be interesting to see Dakota likes them. That's one thing. It's yeah. I mean, I could see a team that could win a division or I could see a team that could even finish fourth. It's, it's, it's it's there to me, like they have so much potential, but then they have so much, you know, chances of, of a disappointment as well. Um, but I do like the Mets. I mean, in all honesty, before this whole shutdown happened, I I had them getting
1: a wild card. So um, who knows now? I've got to think about it a little more. But. Right, and that's like another team like the Philadelphia Phillies who you can say the same exact statement. There's a lot of things to be excited about, but I really think that they're going to di- disappoint. I think that, in my opinion, the, there's a lot of people who have a lot of high expectations for this Phillies team, especially after they went out and got Zach Wheeler, after they went out and got – Didi Gregorius, and when you saw what they what they did the year before, spent tons of money on Harper, you know, spent a good amount of money for Andrew McCutcheon, and this is a team just looking at what they've been able to do over the last five years. When you look at them in the Braves, they were kind of like the Cubs and the Astros, like I talked about earlier, where they just tore everything down. We're going to rebuild. We're going to use all these young guys. But I have been so disappointed on how these young guys just in the Phillies have really been able to perform other than Aaron Nola, obviously, everybody knew that, that he was going to be an ace, but some of these guys, like when you look at the, when you look at the farm system, Mickey Moniac, he's a guy that hasn't really performed that well. And a lot of people thought he was going to be a really good outfielder. But when you look at just this lineup, you know what I'm saying? You're not seeing some of the guys that a lot of people are excited about, like make out Franco. They, they, they allowed him to walk, but a guy like Scott Kingery, I think it's going to be really, really good. And a guy like Andrew McCutcheon, like I brought up, and Diego Gregorius are really going to have to improve after their injuries to really help this offense be able to actually do something because the only guys that I'm looking at in this lineup is Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper who are going to have to carry this entire offense. And then when you look at the pitching – it's another thing where it's really, really thin, very inconsistent. You got a guy like Jake Arrieta, Zach Wheeler, who are coming off kind of disappointing seasons. And then when you look at the guys behind them, Zach Eflin and uh, Pavetta, they're not guys that are really going to set the world on fire, and they're very inconsistent. And then when you talked about the uh, uh, same thing with the Mets, the bullpen, there's nothing in the Phillies' bullpen. If you, After the starting pitching, if I was facing the Phillies, I'd be like – piece of cake on that bullpen let's go and try and win let's try and go and win the game after the seventh eighth ninth inning and we can probably we can probably hit up that bullpen what are you thinking Robbie it's similar to the Red Sox
0: I mean very similar like a mirror image I mean the one thing the Phillies have is they have a couple of guys at the top of that rotation where they have some talent offense I mean that's as good of an offense as you could have you know like you mentioned Bryce Harper Reese Hoskins, Andrew McCutcheon, before he went down last year, that guy was actually on pace for a stupid good season. Like he had it on base in the high threes, uh, 300s. Um, yeah. If he can just stay healthy, that's a guy put at the top of your lineup. He'll get on base for you. He can drive in some runs, uh, very good veteran presence. Um, and of course, Bryce Harper. you know, I, I do wonder about, not really wonder about Harper, but one thing I have not liked about Harper is he's kind of like an up and down kind of a guy like per season. Just he'll still be good every season, but once one season, he'll be like really good. And then the next season, it's like, eh, okay. And then the next season's like, Oh, okay. There's Bryce Harper. And so it's like, mm, what's that going to be this year? Right. Um, luckily they do have the best catcher in the league, JT Real Muto, at least in my opinion, um, at least the best all around catcher, guy that can hit well, hit some home runs. Driving some runs, get on base, very good on defense. Uh, that's a guy where I'm surprised he hasn't been locked up long term. Uh, that's a guy where he is very respected in the league. That, yeah, I mean, in my eyes, the best catcher in the league. Um, DD Gregorius, I mean, that guy healthy, uh, he'll be good there. I mean, the lineup. I'm not worried about that lineup. Definitely the pitching. Yeah, I like I like Nola and, and Wheeler. But when I look at those kind of guys, I, I, look, at, I look at like two number two guys like, that are at the top of a rotation. They're going to be very good. But are they going to be like – is Zach Wheeler or Nola, are they going to be really that ace kind of a guy, like a Garrett Cole, um, you know, someone that is at the top of a rotation, like a DeGrom. Like, and that's where – it's not that their starting pitching is bad. I mean, they, they, you know, and they have, and they're hoping Arietta can have a bounce back year. Uh, who knows? They, they have Velasquez who could maybe do something. Um, the problem is that it's just these other teams are just that much better than the Phillies. It's not like the Phillies are a bad team. Um, it's just the Mets, the Nationals, the Braves, they're just better. And, and the Phillies lack a bullpen. So, yeah, I mean, there's just not... It's
1: good, but they're just missing some stuff. And I just don't think they're quite there. I completely agree. And they're a team that over the years, I just don't think that they've really learned their lesson because when they see a hole, what do they do? They throw money at it. And it's just it's just something where – in my opinion, they don't really always use their money too efficiently. As we saw, I'm pretty sure that they're still paying for Ryan Howard's contract. And it's really sort of interesting with these with this Phillies team because when you look at the Pocota projections, they project them to win 28 games, lose 31, and have a 13.5 chance of making the playoffs. But like I said, I think that they're – actually going to disappoint a lot of people since they have such high expectations on them and the offense is going to be the part of this team that is really going to carry them. And when you really look at another team like the Miami Marlins, I am surprisingly very excited to see how this team really performs because they're a team that obviously when Derek Jeter took over, a lot of people were going to project that they were going to do absolutely nothing for around four to five years until this farm system starts to develop. And as we saw last season, they were 57 and 105. And when you lose 105 games, as we talked about in the AL East video with the the Orioles, not really too great of a team, but when you look at what they were able to do during this offseason, I think that they had a very, very productive offseason with signing uh, Jesus Al- Alagar and also Jonathan Villar. And then when you look at a guy like Brian Anderson, he's somebody who's still young and is really going to break out. And then one guy who has so much pressure on him and I really, really hope can get the bat off of his shoulder and really start to actually develop his hitting is Luis Brinson. He's a guy who is going to be talked about until he actually gets to the caliber close to what Christian Yelich once was because he was the centerpiece of that Yelich trade. And a lot of people have been putting so much pressure on this guy to where he actually had to get sent down to A to work on some stuff. But I really hope that he's going to be able to pick things up. And then when you look at the pitching as well, the pitching isn't as bad as some people are, as some people are thinking it. Because when you look at the ERAs, obviously these guys have ERAs up in the four to five. But when you look at a guy like Sandy Alcat- Al- Alcaterra and then also Caleb Smith and Pablo Lopez – these guys are still pretty young, 24, 25, 26, around there. I think that this is going to be a big developmental year for the Marlins, and I think that they're going to surprise a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's similar to the Orioles, uh, just a little more exciting, I think. Definitely a lot of potential with the young guys. Like you mentioned, Sandy Alcantara actually had a pretty decent year last year. Um, You know, they brought in a guy like Jonathan Villar, who defensively, not great. Offensively, he's pretty good. Um, but one thing I like just, well, one more thing about the pitching that I like, I'm really waiting to see what uh, Jordan Yamamoto can do. Uh, that guy has a ton of potential, like very good stuff. He's a guy that can definitely go to the top of a rotation. Uh, very excited about that. I'm just excited. Again, it's kind of like, all right, we're not going to be competitive this year. Let's see what we got. And I'm, I'm just excited to see what these young guys can do. Uh, they also brought in Corey Dickerson too. That should be fun. Um, but then I'm I'm looking at guys like you know Sixto Sanchez uh, down in the minors. You know a guy like Lewin, uh Luan Diaz, who uh, first base prospects. You know we could see these kind of guys come up this year. Um, it's really I think they're going to be better than. I mean I don't think they're going to be a complete punching bag, but uh, they're not going to be great. But I think they really have some young guys where. You know, got a bit of a chip on their shoulder. You know, kind of want to prove themselves a little bit. Uh, they got 60 games to prove something. Um, yeah, what better, what better time to do it? You know, for a guy like maybe Sixto Sanchez, if he gets his chance, uh, you know, Jordan Yamamoto, uh, Sandy Alcantara, can he, you know, build off of what he did last year? That's what I'm really looking for with the Marlins, just some of these younger guys, similar to the Orioles, just kind of see what they can do.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you compare the Orioles to the Marlins because I completely agree with you because they're in very similar spots in their rebuild. But it's interesting to see what Pakoda actually projected the Marlins to do this next season. And when I I look at the Orioles, they projected the Orioles to lose 38 games, which when you look at that, you're like, yep, that's a rebuild team. When you look at the Marlins, they projected them, their record, 27 and 32. Wow. which I was very surprised about, and a 9.2% chance of making the playoffs. I don't think that that's going to happen. But just because this team just isn't ready, and like you said, they're waiting on young talent from the farm system. But I think that this is a perfect year for a team like the Marlins to, like you said, see what they have, allow the young kids to develop, be able to put some young younger guys in situations where they – in a 162-game season, they might not really want to try out – and especially next season, in 2021, I think this team is going to be a team to watch out for with all, these young, with all this young talent really coming up. When you look at their farm system, everybody was so hard on Derek Jeter about the farm system and really the small moves that he made. When you look at it, they went from a team that was ranked 25th in the MLB, and now they're up towards top 15 in the league and farm system.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Marlins, I think, I mean, really the story for them this year just go out there and have some fun. Go play, see what you can do. Uh, I definitely think they have the potential to be a fun team this year where, you know, maybe early on they, they get something going, kind of like how the Mariners were last year at the beginning, where they just went on the, this really good start. Everyone was like, Whoa, look at the Mariners. You know, like I can maybe see something like that with the Marlins. It's like, Whoa, look at this young team. Like what in the world do we have here? Where, you know, ESPN talks about them for a couple of days and then they just start dying off you know I could see something like that because um, there is a lot of fun pieces on this team it's definitely a fun team to watch. Uh, I mean people in Miami they, they they just want something you know so uh, I'll definitely keep my eye on the Marlins this year for sure
1: because they're just a fun team so yeah. When we go on to this, the who is the most surprising, who is the most disappointing team? For me, the most surprising team, I think that a lot of people have some low expectations for the Mets just because Syndergaard isn't there. So I think uh, the Mets are going to be the most surprising. And then, like we talked about with the Phillies, I think that they're going to be the most disappointing.
0: Yeah, I would agree with the Mets uh, being um, – it's just funny because, like, in this division especially, like, there's not really, like, like – want a team that has like a that that could like for instance like the marlins they're not going to win the division like you know i think they i think they could surprise in a way where like not win the division but they could surprise some people like oh wow look at them they they won like 29 games like that's not bad or they won 30 games whoa they're right there for the second wild card like i could find it them to be surprising that aspect um the mets if, if the mets won a wild card spot or a division, I don't know if I'd consider that surprising. Um, You know, I think surprising in a sense to where, you know, teams like the Braves are very good and, you know, the Nationals are good. Um, I could see like some things being kind of surprising, but disappointing. Um, You know, honestly, I, I don't know what it is. Just something about, I like the Braves top to bottom but there's just something, I don't know what it is. I just wonder, I mean, I'm probably completely dead wrong. I, I think there's a chance they could be disappointing, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause they, they did lose Donaldson. That is a big piece of the middle of the order. Yeah. They brought in some other right. guys, but Donaldson is an impact guy, both on the offense and the defense take out a guy like that. Um, you know, when you took Mookie off the Red Sox, they, you know, they still had a ton of pieces around The Braves still do have some very good pieces around as well. Um, You know, but how will that lineup do without that centerpiece? You know, Donaldson was a guy that could protect guys in that lineup. He was a guy where, you know, Albies is hitting after him or Acuna is hitting before him or whatever. Like he was there and pitchers knew he was there. And, you know, so how are these other batters going to be treated now? because of Donaldson being gone. And, yeah, I think they'll be fine replacing his production, but it's just more of, like, that impact that he had there um, to where I just wonder how the offense will do a bit. Um, Yeah, Freeman, uh, one guy – I mean, Freeman's very good, but one thing I'm really going to look at this year is his defense. Um, I mean, I'm one of those guys where I don't think Freeman is overrated, but I think he tends to get, like – you know, this like top – like almost like top five player in the game kind of treatment to where um, I personally just – I don't like his defense very much. It's The advanced stats don't like him. Um, so that's one thing I would like to – It's I think it's just with the Braves. I think it's just the little things. Like Donaldson, he brought a ton of defense at third base, and I think that was very underrated just because of his bat. So it's little things like that where you kind of need to pay attention for. And that's where I wonder – Uh, how the Braves will do. You know, I think they should be right there at the top. Um, Will Acuna be able to give some – I don't know if he's going to give 40-40 kind of production again. I mean, that'd be crazy if he did. That'd be nuts. Uh, But, you know, how's Albies going to do? Is he going to continue? You know, there's not a lot of question marks. I'm more nitpicking here.
1: But I think the Braves have a chance to be slightly disappointing. So. I agree. You know, it'll be really interesting to see what will happen, especially just with all these teams playing each other and how how each team will be able to fare against the other because not a lot of times you see these interleague squads being able to play each other on a year-to-year basis. So that is it for the NL East with Robbie and I's takes. So go over and next we are going to be talking about the Central Division. So we're going to be talking about the AL Central and the NL Central.